Uh, basically, what that that seems like to me is the WEF is goading or maybe it's not the right word, uh, persuading Predicting. Western <laughs> countries, yeah. yeah, to say, to identify critical minerals, which I'm in agreement, agreement with, and I think silver is one of those. But it also seems to be a precursor for what I talked about before in commodity wars. If everybody does that and everybody's withholding access to minerals because they're deemed critical or not trading them or putting barriers up, doesn't that lead to potential conflict? In, in other Welcome to Gold Silver Pros. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website. Or call 307-264-9441. Everybody, this is Rob Keens from goldsilverpros.com. We have a returning guest. The program is Ian Everard of our uh, partnership and affiliates uh, with Arc Silver, and he's here to talk about what's going on in the metals market. This is our Monday metals update that you see every Monday on the channel. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Robin. Yourself? I'm doing very, very well. And we were talking before the program, Ian, quite extensively about um, what's going on in the world. And a couple of years ago, you know, I'd done a presentation, I think, at Money Metals and Mines virtual conference or something along those lines where I talked about the oncoming commodity wars, and I predicted that we get into the stage we are now. And now, Ian, I think you're starting to see some of these uh, third-party international type of agencies make comments about that. And you had some really interesting quotes, I think, from the WEF, if, if that's where you got it. Can you explain you know, what you're seeing there, and why yeah. would that be significant? Sure. So I was watching another channel and they mentioned some information off the world economic forum so whilst i was packing boxes ready to building boxes up ready to pack i thought i'll have a look and um oh my gosh they got a mine of stuff on there mm -hmm. um and they're creating names for different things i mean um abiotic natural capital i was like okay <laughs> um anthropogenic emissions um, and, and then they have some ominous phrases like accidental extinction events. Now, I, I don't think at the moment the world economic performer are too powerful, but they want to be, you know, they've definitely got the wealth and they've got the attention of people like Prince Charles and some former presidents have been um, very pally with the world economic forum guys. Um, so if when they start talking about things like that, maybe we should sort of take notice of them um lots of things talking about continued tightness in major labor markets may exacerbate wage inflation meaning there may need to be a material increase in unemployment to contain contain consumer inflation so it, it's this class of people these elites that cause the inflation by the money the currency debasement now they want to sack lay people off make them unemployed to, to, to counter inflation. It's just, well, you could get very angry reading this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you could. And it seems as though every time we have some sort of issue, some technocrat or somebody along those lines who I guess has a college degree and uh, feels the need to define it. And then of course we need to enact policy around it. And usually that ends up being something's caused by somebody else. We, we give it a term, this poly, whatever, it, it's yeah. an issue or an event. And then we issue policy around it that affects the people and their ability to transact commerce and, you know, the life 
the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness here in the United States of the Constitution, but we're not the ones that cause problems in the first place. I, I feel as though our freedoms are somewhat abrogated by the actions of other people, and that's usually how this goes. Um, what do you think are going to be the consequences of them really defining these sort of new terms and saying we need to do something about it? Is it going to end up good for us, or what? What, why do you suppose uh, they're using these term, this terminology now? Well, it's a slippery slope into more and more control. Mm -hmm. More and more, you know, I mean, already the Constitution is slipping away. Um, mm -hmm. is it Article 1, Section 10, the states shall use nothing but gold and silver coin as settlement for debts. Yeah. Well, that's been somewhat ignored, hasn't it? I just did a blog article on this. Yeah, there's no amendment which says gold and silver are not money. Yeah. And in fact, for those of you who, report, who point to the Federal Reserve Act in 1913, it didn't do away with gold and silver's money. In fact, gold was backing the money and silver was in the money until 1965, until 1971, gold was backing the money. So we never really got rid of gold and silver as money. It was just sort of pushed down, you know, looking at Exeter's Pyramid into you know, a bucket that the government could use to support the fiat currency, but then they went and printed the fiat. And so I guess not only was that promise broken, but that system is broken. Uh, I, I'm wary about us moving into other new systems in which we never really fixed the problems with the previous ones. Yeah, and the problem just compounds. And, and actually, silver carried on to 1970 in the, in the Kennedy did, half yes. dollars. 40% Kennedy silver. half dollars, yeah and carried on even later in Canada and the Canadian dollars. Um, and then the replacement, I mean, heck, if you hold them up together, they're still silver color, just trying to kid us that it's the same same money. Uh, so Can you yeah, talk it, about it, the, the WEF and, and their comments towards commodities and precious metals as well. I think you had a specific quote there that we yeah, found kind of interesting. Sure. Yeah, let me find it. So it, okay. this jumped out at me because I think this is what you mentioned in your book, over 10 years ago, one of the state intervention is centered on the resource most exposed to a concentration in supply. Now, this is a WS speaking to the problems for the next 10 coming in the next 10 years. And it might not be 10 years in the coming. It might be next month, next year. Mm -hmm. And they go on to say critical metals and minerals. So we're going to fight over these leading to shortages, price wars and the transformation of business models across industries. Um, so they've identified um, critical metals and minerals. And in my opinion, and yeah, I'm 100% biased towards silver, hence arc silver, that silver is the most critical metal. Yeah, and I do think silver is rare earths. You could get down to uranium, anything in which, uh, basically what that, that seems like to me is the WEF is goading, or maybe it's not the right word, uh, persuading <laughs> Western countries, yeah. yeah, to say, to identify critical minerals, which I'm in agreement, agreement with, and I think silver is one of those. But it also seems to be a precursor for what I talked about before in commodity wars. If everybody does that and everybody's withholding access to minerals because they're deemed critical or not trading them or putting barriers up, doesn't that lead to potential conflict in, in other ways? Not just trade conflict, but potential hot conflict, mm. do you think? Either can be just as devastating for a foreign nation. Um, and if you lose access to a certain crucial metal mm. that is in, used in your industry, 
you lose access to it, you lose the ability to make that product. We have a situation of Airbus in Europe. Where do they get their aluminum and, and titanium from? Russia. That's not coming at the moment. Um, so how is Airbus going to make planes without <laughs> aluminum and titanium? Two of the key, key metals. Um, so already we're seeing um, consequences of different nations' actions leading to incredible disruption. We have Germany, we have BAS, BASF in Germany. The, I think I'm right in saying it's the largest chemical company in the mm -hmm. world. They are shifting their plant to Louisiana because they know they're never going to get gas and oil from Russia again. So they are moving their whole manufacturing process where they use gas and oil um, not for energy in this case, but for making chemicals, a whole range of chemicals. So already we're seeing massive moves of the largest corporations. We have, we have Apple, um, not necessarily for shortage of um, metals yet, but they're shifting their production out of China as fast as they can. So mm -hmm. we're, we're having an unraveling of existing globalization trade at a rate we could never have imagined what, what has taken 20 or 30, 40 years to, to, to build up into complex supply chains is ending in months. Yeah, and I anticipate that's going to cause all sorts of angst, because if you think about government plans, expansion, the economy, not only the government figureheads, but also people, they tend to get an expectation of this is the way life is going now. We want to yeah. expand and, and build upon that. But Ian, it's possible we could be entering a time frame in which a lot of the supplies that we take for granted are no longer available to us in the amounts or or at the prices we expect. Simple examples include energy and things like eggs, which are priced yeah. very exorbitantly due to short uh, supply chain shortages and challenges. But assuming that the world moves to protecting the resources, as the WEF is indicating here, which is something, again, I predicted two years ago in my presentation and hinted on as well 12 years ago when I wrote the book. This is something that has happened in the past. It would not surprise me again if we went to a protectionist or a regional sort of uh, trade block trade agreement, which would, Ian, seem to align not only with the WEF's comments on commodities and what we see in the existing commodities markets, but also what we potentially will see in the central bank digital currencies, more regional competing currencies. I could see this all lining up. So in light of all that, it does seem as though there's risk to the everyday person of maintaining your lifestyle, regardless maybe of how much money you have, because if something's out of supply, it's out of supply. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your pocket sure. so that people may need to, you know, make preparations for that. And while we cannot hold necessarily all of us a barrel of oil in our, in our backyard and or refine that into gasoline so that we can use it and where we may not be able to grow our own chickens or manage our own beef stock, one way in which we could, offset the potential risk there, at least from a price perspective, is with silver and gold. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's compact. It's private. It doesn't go off. It always gives an accounting for currency debasement, not necessarily a rate we would like, not necessarily mm -hmm. to the timing that we would like. But throughout history, gold and silver always give an accounting for currency debasement. And we're, we're looking at continued currency debasement with potential US deficits of three, three trillion a year mm. with inflation act. So let's create some more inflation to fight inflation. Yeah, okay, that's really smart. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, absolutely, Rob. It, it's, it's private, it's compact. 
um, what's not to like about storing storing your wealth for future use in, in the precious metals. I agree with that. And while I would always encourage people to store additional food if you can, we talked about that on the program, uh, eliminate or reduce your uh, exposure to prices of certain things. Uh, always manage your budget, be, be frugal, spend only on what you need and save. Uh, I do think long-term, the, the, the best way to offset a, a lot of these problems is to have gold and silver, because if there's something out there to be traded for, I would imagine gold and silver are going to sit at the top of that pyramid in terms of what people trade you for, whereas maybe the fiat currencies may not, you know, get you there in the future. If they're, if certainly if we go to a multipolar world in the currency space. Yeah, I mean, we, we're definitely going fully digital. We're, we're close anyway. Mm -hmm. That that is definitely coming, and I think it's coming this year. So not only will I have a record of every cent spent they'll be able to tell you if you can buy something and how much of it you can buy. That right. will be simultaneous, just a, just a keystroke for some bureaucrat or, for, you know, and since when has Western governments been benevolent? Um, they all seem to be acting in their own interest or interest of others who control them. It seems, seems that corruption is endemic in Western government. And we like to point the finger at the developing nations, but we should have a look at the own relationships, our, our prime ministers and presidents and senators and MPs have, you know, it's pretty murky, a lot of them. Um, why would we trust them to tell us what we can and can't buy? And that's what's coming. We, we will be told what we can and can't buy. And when, <laughs> it's like, and, and we'll be told you have to buy this. You know, all, all those units will expire, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big risk. I think I started writing about that in my book when I started writing in 2009. I, and one of the chapters I talked about the China plan and their early recognition of the fact that the world's running out of resources. What they did then is just load everything up at their port and then they were using it to, to build cities and, and infrastructure they thought they'd need in the future. But then it got to the point of, I think the Chinese figured out, well, we're going to need to manage this multi-generationally. We don't see the supply chain problems being short-term, definitely long-term. So I think that they, you know, their brick and road initiative is an attempt to try to help control, or at least as much as they can, facilitate that supply chain for their own needs. And I think it was with an eye to potential conflicts that are upcoming. And I think the WEF's words that, that you read for us are indicative of what China saw probably 10, 12 years ago, and now the rest of the world's seeing uh, switching over to the precious metals, since you deal with the wholesalers in the retail market, what are you seeing there, uh, Ian? Are there any shortages going on? Is there available supply? What, give us a little bit on, on the metals and, and what we're seeing there. Yeah, no, supply seems good. It looks like um, premiums have bottomed out. Um, so with a falling spot, that metals are actually getting cheaper and cheaper day by day at the moment. Uh, it's... Okay. It, it's now now's a decision to make do i wait till tomorrow and hope it's 50 cents cheaper or do do we see a sudden rise again um i, I probably get i probably guess which way the market's going to move 50 percent of the time so i might as well just toss one of the coins i sell to decide which is it going up or or going going down um but yeah i think premiums have definitely bottomed out so you think the premiums have bottomed out and you think that um, given where the prices are, the prices obviously hit a dip, which we predicted. I, I wrote 
something for Jan Bullion and also put a short video, which we put out on social media. I thought we were due for a pullback. We did get the pullback. We're, the interesting thing is I'm trying to get the latest COT report from the CFTC, the Commitment Chairs report, because we know spot prices are determined on the COMEX. And that's been delayed. CFTC has issued an announcement that's been delayed. I don't know hmm. why that's been delayed. I'm not going to make any suppositions or, or thoughts or predictions on it. But right now, we don't have the position for the COT market, so we can't tell why gold and silver is pulled back. But early on, we could see that the, the bullion banks were going short and maybe setting you know, the managed money up for a squeeze or, you know, this happens in markets all the time. You're just playing what you think the other side is going to do. Not saying yep. it's illegal, illegal or anything otherwise, but it appears though the bullion banks were setting up managed money for a little bit of a squeeze or a little bit of a, you know, price shock, price shock came. Um, so it seems to me that can't go on forever because there seems to be a lot of generalist movement into the metals headlined by Jim Cramer, but talked about on Bloomberg and CNBC so I think the bull market is still here. And so what you're saying is prices are in a dip and we have lower premiums. So it could potentially be an entry point of people, you know, believe everything I just said about the conditions in the market that it'll continue to go up. This could be a place to, to get any in. And uh, to that point, you do provide uh, for, for us and for our listeners, low premium gold, silver. So I'm going to put that up on the screen. Uh, these are the deals that you have for us currently. I'm going to read them out for you. You're currently offering the thousand ounce bar, the ones that come off the Comex industrial bars, like the one I had in the in the, the video I have on your website, the unboxing, for 79 cents per ounce over spot. We have one kilogram silver bars at 195 per ounce over spot. Uh, these five government minted silver coins only: silver maples, silver Britannia, silver Armenia, Noah's Arks, silver Philharmonics, and silver kangaroos, all at three, 33 per ounce over spot. And lastly, you're offering up American Silver Eagles. If you buy them by the Monster Box, so in quantity, at $750 per ounce over spot, I think in all of those beat all the prices that I was able to look at in the markets the last couple of days. Uh, but but anyway, give us give us a little bit of information on on what you're providing to people and and uh, and how they can go about getting this. Yeah, sure. So we're pleased to be able to offer the thousand ounce bars at the lowest price we've ever been able to sell them for. We've got a deal with a major wholesaler to enable that. Um, hopefully that will carry on for a few days. Um, I think you put out the deal, the free 33 deal on um, yes. Saturday. Mm -hmm. And we've managed to secure some more stock. So we're extending that, we're carrying that on. Same for the kilos. Okay. And then we had plenty of inquiries about the Eagles where we managed to get a $7.50 deal. Mm -hmm. um, if we do start selling a lot more monster boxes of those, we will try and extend that to people if they just want a tube or two tubes or, or whatever. So what we what we are doing basically, we are selling any quantity at below everyone else's price that they're selling a monster box for. Yeah, that's awesome, and thank you for that, Ian. And just to to frame those deals, most of that is limited quantities as supplies last. However, because it's special pricing, because you're going to see it lower than anybody else. And, and what Ian does is he buys stock when it's cheap and then he'll sell it into the market, uh, beating everybody else's prices. Uh, he's just very good at doing this so that, you know, everybody's making something out of the deal. However, if somebody wants to scale up and do a much larger order, Ian does have access to the wholesaler. So maybe not at those particular rates, but Ian will be able to get you a larger deal and to do that, uh, let me share with people how you do that if you're really interested in getting 
uh, any of these metals, a couple of ways you can do it. Easiest way is gold, goldsilverpros.com. Click on where it says more and precious metals. Click on the link uh, for ARC and you get this page in which you can inquire via in. It'll come via email. You can also text him here if you wish. Make sure you whitelist this. So if he emails or texts you back, you guys get it. It doesn't go to spam. That's the easiest way to do it, Ian. If they want to reach out to you, just reach out to you that way. Mention Gold, Silver Pros or come through the web form. Exciting news, not ready to announce yet, but you guys are developing your own online store. It is not ready for prime time just yet, but when it is, we'll announce it. And therefore, people want to go see the current deals and use automated ordering. Uh, and then the fulfillment will be the same for me, Ian, but the, the order would be more automated in an online store. That's coming soon, isn't it, Ian? It is, yeah, we're trialing it. We've had a few sales just to see how it all works, how it works working with Shopify. We've managed to get live spot on there as well. So, so basically what we've done, Rob, we've got an online store, but without the high costs associated normally of an online store and with the very popular Shopify site. So yeah, when I think we're, I think we're gonna put one of our first things we're going to promote on there is your new bar that's coming yeah we'll have a new bar and we'll announce that we're going to do a pre-order on that and probably within the next week you guys will see details on the gold silver pros bar which will be held right now exclusively through Ian's store if you guys want that uh, through our partnership with him we do trust arc silver has been on the program been great uh, we'll announce all those things don't want to get too far into it but that deal is still live the one that we put up on screen and I'll also put that in the description field in this video for you guys Ian, thank you so much for stopping by and thank you for being a part of our Monday Metals update that we're going to have every week. You're welcome. Thank you, Rob. Hey, thanks for watching. We selected these videos just for you. Check them out. And remember, $4.99 a month keeps the lights on and the channel going. So join our Gold Silver Pro supporter membership. We appreciate your support. Keep stacking.